thank you for joining us on Broadcast with Champions, an opportunity for you to get a seat at the table. Today we hear from Justin and Amanda Dahl. Make sure you're downloading, subscribing, and sharing out the Breakfast with Champion podcast so that you don't miss your opportunity to hear the other moderators at the biggest breakfast table in the world. So let's pull up a seat and let's join in on Breakfast with Champions. I love it. Good morning, my friends. We are so excited to be doing this. It's been this is now week two back from sickness that I'm doing it with Justin. I'm so excited to be back with all of you guys. And oh, we are so excited. So Justin and I were, were really chatting on the back channel about the the new platform that Breakfast with Champions now has, running all day, giving all of the value that they're giving, and really just continuing to pour in this community. And he had a really great idea. He's like, let's just keep building on that and talk about transitioning, right? So they were just doing from a certain time in the day to a certain time in the afternoon, and now they're going all day. And with that comes a lot of adjusting. There's a lot of change. There's a lot of planning that came behind that. In addition to that, there is so many moving parts. And quite honestly, sometimes things don't go right. So Justin, I'll kick it over to you to kind of ask the first questions, open us up and we'll go from there. Yeah, for sure. And you know, where I wanted to start the conversation off is giving people an understanding of what it means to build community, right? Both from the perspective of the Sarahs and the Glens and the Alphas and everybody else that has done what they've done to that transition of how you can help them and be a valuable community member. We spoke today about, you know, walking into a cafeteria and just screaming about what you want. And then everybody's going to turn around and look at you like, who's this person? And you're not going to get necessarily the reaction that you want versus walking into the cafeteria and saying, oh man, Breakfast with Champions is running for 15 hours. What can I do to contribute throughout the daytime, right? And one thing I shared yesterday that I try and thoughtfully do is throughout the daytime, pop in and out of the room, listen to the segment as to who's actually speaking, and then try and ping people in that that speaks to them. And you would be shocked at some of the communities that you can build when you're connecting the right people with the right people. And then, you know, even if I got a meeting and I have to bounce, the reciprocity that comes from that because you don't know the butterfly effect of what that person is going to learn and how it can impact their world. Now I'll throw it back to you, Amanda, the communities that you've been involved in, how have they directly led to say a transition in your life? Oh my goodness. So let me start with this. I am 100% a fan of finding people who do it at a level that I want to do it and literally just studying them. And then I copy whatever it is that they're doing. And so I wouldn't be able to do what I do if there weren't great people out there who just poured into other people. They shared their stories. And I think Brielle talked about that a little bit during her segment. Like, are you coming up? Are you sharing value? Is it relevant? Why is it that you're doing what you're doing? And so I've always been a huge fan of studying coaches, coaches of sports teams. Now, while I live in Tampa Bay, Florida and have for the last almost 11 years, I'm actually from a small town in Alabama uh, called Mobile. So I am an absolute Alabama Crimson Tide fan. And Nick Saban is one of my all-time favorites, one of the coaches I follow. I'm also a fan of basketball. And so I watched this documentary actually on Netflix and it was about, I believe it's called the coach's playbook. And it was essentially a series of coaches who were sharing behind the scenes. How are they really successful? What are they doing? And so one of the ones that I follow quite closely is Doc Rivers and he is the head coach for the Clippers. And so Doc introduced me to this phrase and it actually stems from Africa and it comes from a Zulu phrase and it's called Ubuntu. And really, while it's a word and it has a definition, he explains how he learned it. 
kept telling me, Doc, you got to know Ubuntu. You got to know Ubuntu. You got to be this. You got to be this. And he did all this studying on Ubuntu. And essentially, what the word means is humanity to others. And the concept of it is I am who I am because you can't be my best self if you are not your best self. So when we think about it in that way, are we really living that way of life? Are we connecting with the right people and not being jealous or envious because they do things better, actually encouraging it because we know that we can only be our best self if they are their best self. And then when we connect with those people, are we also helping put them on a platform so that they can connect with other people, so that they can be their best self? So when I, honestly, when I was watching that documentary and I was listening to him talk about this, like I was getting such goosebumps because I was like, yes, like he has such a way. So by the way, if you haven't watched that, um, coach's playbook on Netflix, watch that documentary. It's so great. And I believe he's episode number one, but that was it. That was the concept, right? And so how do we continue to do that? And I know I've talked about this before with you and it's really like, how do I pour into other people? And like, you know, we were talking about with Glenn this morning, like do it. Cause we want to do that. That M I I, right. What's in it for them? Not what's in it for me. So I hope that answered your question. Yeah, it definitely does. And, you know, the communities that we choose to activate ourselves in are going to define our growth trajectory, right? There's three communities that I really spend my time in on Clubhouse. And this is where I want to maintain my focus is explaining to you, you know, how I've developed relationships and, and helped grow those communities and grow myself through proximity, right? Because, again, I said it this morning, right? Giving is the most selfish thing you can do because it kind of forces you to grow. So I'm in a real estate community, obviously, because look at me, I'm on the phone in a three-piece suit and I'm in real estate. So I'm in there sharpening my sword with killers across the globe, which is amazing. And that really has, you know, as I go into these groups and try and contribute and listen to people's problems, as I solve them, do you know what actually happens? I'm able to work out ideas, right, with a large group of people and ideate and, and see if I actually believe what I'm saying and implement the things that I say I want to do because I know when I show up in the communities, they're going to be watching. And if I'm saying I want to accomplish all of these things and I come back in six months and I don't do them, well, they're going to hold me accountable, right, because the real ones recognize the real ones and will call you out. So it's super important to not be scared about that and be radically transparent and honest. The two other communities I wanted to share about were one is a YouTube community and YouTube something that definitely has helped my business grow over the years, but I got real serious about it this year. So what did I do? I went into a room of creatives and, you know, very a different type of person than I would normally see in my real estate rooms. And I listened and I asked questions and I put my hand up and I wasn't afraid to look stupid. And what has it led to? It's led to next week on Breakfast with Champions. Benji Travis is going to be coming on and doing a deep dive into how YouTube changed his life. Dude has a billion plus views on YouTube, 2 million plus subscribers. And he's just coming because of the proximity and the relationship. And I think, you know, bridging the gap to the last community that I'm part of, which would be business and entrepreneurship. And this is my room that I come to for that primarily. It's realizing that it's all one community, right? But having focused effort in terms of where you want to spend your time and how you're going to connect people and be that super connector is going to lead you to being forced into growth or changing your ambitions. So again, Amanda, I'm gonna put it back to you because I've seen you grow. I said this to you the other day. I've seen you grow so much in the last eight months. It blows my mind. So can you give a little bit of context to 
how you engaged with communities and built and where you were and where you're at now. Yeah, and I appreciate that, Justin. So the the irony is Ubuntu, right? And I didn't even know what that was eight months ago. But it's being my best self because the people I'm connecting with are being their best selves. And so we got to be conscious about this, right? Because the reality is like if you... If you want something, you have got to make that your mission and you've got to take responsibility for it. And this morning I talked about how, you know, Glenn delivers information and it makes you feel really good and you get inspired. And then all of a sudden he comes in with a little like sting and you're like, ouch, I needed to hear that. And it's like that hurts so good, right? Like it motivates you. So I want you to hear that when I'm speaking because you have got to own this. And if you don't own this, you don't get to cry those alligator tears and you don't get to say, woe is me because champions don't do that. Champions are always moving forward. So if I want to start something new in my life, and I did quite honestly, for the last six and a half years, I started from scratch. I was a big, huge, intricate partner in building a real estate team to a hundred million dollars. And Monday we decided to part ways. Great terms, right? I will never build or I will never burn a bridge in my life. And I've decided now after coaching and consulting for five and a half years, I was going to go start something on my own. And oh my gosh, what fear came behind that? As much excitement as I had, there was just as much fear. And I have to remind myself, like, I know I can do this. You know why I can do it? Because I've surrounded myself with really, really great people. Now, I will bet on myself every single time because I know my work ethic and I know what I'm capable of. Yet I am also human and I do have limiting beliefs that creep in, right? And I do have self-doubt and sometimes I do get imposter syndrome. So in those moments, because... I'm planning for those moments. I know I'm going to need really strong people that go, Amanda, we don't get to be the victim. Amanda, you dry those tears. Amanda, that is not how we think about it, or that is not the way that we do things. We're going to keep moving forward. So starting with surrounding yourself with the right people. And when you get in a room like this, where there are this many people pouring into you at such a level, man, I'd be raising my hand. I'd be sending DMs on the back, telling them how much you enjoy what they're saying. Any way that you can connect with them. Because when you connect with the right people and they are the best versions of themselves, it all it does is it literally is like a mirror right in front of you. And they, they literally just shine that greatness right back on you so that you can be the best version of yourself. That's where it starts. Cause you know, you can't do it alone. And I know, you know, this. Oh, we might be losing you, Justin. Justin, we're losing you. You're in a bad spot, my friend. All right. So going back to that, though. So who are you surrounding yourself with until Justin gets in a, in a better area? Who are you surrounding yourself with? And what does that look like? How do you engage in conversation with those people? When you do get a moment of their time, like what questions are you asking them, right? I had a coach tell me one time, Amanda, if you got on an airplane to go to another city for a trip and you put your carry-on up in the bin ahead and you put your stuff down in the seat and then you get, or you put your stuff down underneath the seat and you sit down, you buckle in your seatbelt and you're just waiting for takeoff. And all of a sudden you look to your left and Oprah Winfrey is sitting next to you and you've got a two hour and 45 minute flight. What are you going to talk to her about? 
And I, it was such an eye-opening question for me because I was like, oh my goodness, what, what, what questions would I ask her? What would I want to know about her? Would I ask all the random questions that everybody else does, all those surface level? If I got Oprah next to me for two hours and 45 minutes, man, I want to go deep. I want to know everything. I want to know what questions that I don't even know to ask yet, right? So thinking about it that way, how do you get in and surround yourself with the right people who are going to push you? Justin, are you back in a good place, my friend? I definitely am. I know this app has been struggle city since they did the update. So I apologize for that. I was just giving context to what you said before, right about the community and giving back. And it really made me reflect on the communities I've been a part of in my past. And I used to live a very fast life. And that community was great when I was there, you know, being the life of the party. But the second I started trying to improve myself, I really saw who the crabs in the bucket were, right? As I got sober and started saying like, this is the life that I want to live now. You know, I was initially scared um, when I when I got sober because I lived in that world for such a long time. I'm like, oh man, my friends are going to judge me. I'm not going to be able to hang out with them. And it's just all that negative self-talk we all get. I can tell you unequivocally, probably 90% of my real friends were so happy for me because they knew, you know, how I was and that energy deployed in the right direction, what I might be able to accomplish. I didn't even know it, but my real friends did. But I still remember this one guy and it's always stuck with me because the only person that was truly negative was the same guy that I had gotten a flashback from maybe three years prior. And as I was always working, right, I was always working. I, I was in the bar industry and it was, again, DJ, bouncer, bar back, bartender, manager, everything, right? So in the party, while everybody else was partying, I was working, but I was mixing the partying with working. He said to me, he's like, why don't you just take a day off, man? Why don't you come hang out? Why don't you come party, right? And it really did make me think, well, you know, am I not, am I not cool or am I not getting the recognition I want because I'm just working all the time and I'm trying to build? Like I, I always just worked hard. But then I realized that it was a more of a sense of maybe jealousy or self-reflection that he had that maybe he didn't have the same work ethic. And years later, when I got sober and he spit the negativity at me, I realized where it was coming from, that it wasn't coming from a place that he actually wanted the best for me. It was I was rocketing past who I was into a new life and that he didn't want me to change, right? And I really saw that he wasn't out for my best interest. Now, fast forward to our world, Amanda, and talk about Breakfast with Champions and, you know, Glenn coming in to support one of my very first rooms ever on Clubhouse and William Tong, like, Tong, man, that guy, I had no idea who he was, brought me into this room, brought me on stage. And again, I, I've always felt that I've had no business being in some of the places that I am but leading with empathy instilled empathy in me and allowed me to turn around and try and reach my hand down into the bucket and bring more people out of it, right? So I do think if you're in communities, you need to look around you and is it crabs in the bucket trying to pull you down or do you have people reaching up and trying to help you get to that next level? And I promise you there's another level. So Amanda, who's somebody that's helped you get to the next level in your life and, and would be a good example for people? Oh my goodness. I have the same story that you do, right? Uh, with William, William pulled me into this room and I remember I was, it was a car ride. I was driving back like two hours and it was like five o'clock in the morning. And I thought, let me just get on this clubhouse thing. I was just experiencing it, uh, you know, for the first month or so. And he pulled me in and right up, it was like, pop, come up. And I remember in the room that day, the topic was, what's your definition of a champion? 
and I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> I think, I think for me, I was so nervous. I'd never been in a room that big with that many people. And I thought to myself, like, what is a champion? What is a champion? And what I do know is champions are always moving forward. What I also do know is that mediocre people, they're not fans of high achievers and high achievers. They're not really fans of mediocre people. Now, I will tell you that I'm totally okay meeting someone exactly where they're at as long as I know that their intentions are to go and grow and move forward. I'm not above anybody if I'm at a different level. I will meet you where you are, yet I got to know that you want to come up and grow. And so the reason that I'm that way is because I had people pour into me like that. So back to your question, I'll tell you one of my most important mentors, and I, she actually started mentoring me before she even realized she started mentoring me because it's somebody that I followed. She's in our industry. Um, and she actually owns the whole South Florida region of um, our brokerage. And so I started like following what she was doing and what she was saying. And I was like, man, she really knows her stuff. And then I crept a little bit closer. I started asking people like, who do you know? Or who do I know that knows her, right? That, that can just tell me about her. How is she? Is this really how she is all the time? And then they made the introduction. And then as I got closer and I got closer, like she was the real deal. So when you get in a room with people like that, or you start to build relationships with people like that, I was a sponge, man. I absorbed everything. And I asked so many questions. I mean, I had questions for my questions. And what did that teach me? Quite honestly, it taught me how to be a better person in the real estate industry. It taught me how to be a better leader. I mean, it taught me so many different things. What about you? I mean, do you have that one person that you can look back or maybe those two people that you can look back and go, oh my gosh, they really were a defining moment for me. Yeah, I mean, I'll go a little bit in a different direction. It was Jesus for me, right? Because when I went through my struggles twice, it was literally, I felt like God was talking to me saying like, you done yet? Like, you can go this way or you can go that way, but you come this way and I'll show you what life could be, right? And I think the definition of hell is dying and meeting God and then him saying, this is who you could have been, but you didn't take action, right? It does require action. And why I say Jesus is he's really been able to show me, you know, the truth behind people, right? The, the world is going to make you want recognition. The world is going to make you second guess yourself. The world is going to throw the mind worms at you, right? But if you're living for the world, you're going to be in this constant struggle of trying to get the watch, trying to get the car, trying to get the sale, trying to get the Bitcoin, because you think that that's what's going to make the people around you respect you. Meanwhile, look at Jay-Z, right? Glenda Baker, the queen of TikTok on real estate, did a video about Jay-Z. And in the beginning, it was the bling, it was everything, the chains, the rings and everything else. Now the dude's a billionaire and he rocks a black shirt with no logo, right? And when I get around people, I was with a dude that's worth half a billion dollars two weeks ago. Guy was wearing a simple Apple watch, you'd see him at the grocery store, just looks like a regular old dude. You know, we chopped it up for 45 minutes. You know, when you get around people like that and they see true intent, and again, I said, real recognizes real, my experience is, it's the same person, right? It's the Glenn Lundy's to come on my podcast and pour into me and tell me his stories. It's the guy I was with two weeks ago. When they see your intent and how you conduct yourself and the questions you ask and are you talking at them or are you really looking to collaborate and listen, they will open up everything to you. They will tell you the secrets. They'll tell you everything they did to get there because here's the real secret, Amanda. They know 99% of the world won't do it. 99% of the world wants the easy button. 99% of the world wants the 20,000 followers on Instagram, but they don't appreciate the one follower that comments and they leave that comment unresponded to, yet they never grow and they don't understand why. 
right? So I don't think I could go down a laundry list of 200 people, but I think it's the avatar of who that person is. That's who I look for. So again, I'll bounce it back to you. How would you identify those people in the community versus the ones that are really just trying to take? Oh, that's a great question. I think the first thing I look for is people who are coming from curiosity, right? Not from judgment. That is huge for me. And I am, I'll, I'm actually, my birthday's coming up. It'll be in November. I am a Scorpio and I am like loyal to a fault. If, if for any of you that believe in like astrology and we can be territorial and protective and we love extremely hard and we are loyal. So I'm a very, very, very loyal person. So I look for people that I want to be close to me that will be extremely loyal back. And sometimes it's even to my demise, yet it's it's part of who I am. Yet one of the first things I look for is curiosity, not judgment. Are you someone that's asking really great questions? Are you someone that's automatically putting judgment on things? When you get into a room like this, are you like, oh my gosh, it's a bunch, it's a stage with a bunch of people just talking about stuff. Are you coming in and really listening? There's a reason that God gave you two ears and one mouth, right? Then after curiosity, I would ask, like, are they showing up? I'm a huge fan of your audio has to match your visual. So have you ever like, have you ever watched a movie and then the, the sound of it's like 10 second delay and you can watch the guy on the screen, his lips are moving, but the words aren't matching up, right? I look for that, right? So what you're saying, the things that you're saying that everybody should be doing, right? Are you practicing what you're preaching? Or are you somebody that just gets up and regurgitates a whole bunch of information? You know, I'll use myself as an example. In this transition, I'm constantly in our world, the real estate world, talking about, guys, we have to track our numbers. You are not a business person just by nature. You, business people are numbers people. And if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your numbers. And man, if I wasn't somebody who practiced that, who would listen to me? So yesterday was officially it. It was my first day get, jumping into my new company. It's official. I did lead generation. I made 218 contacts yesterday. I set 15 appointments and I got two new contracts signed. Because there's no way somebody's going to pay to listen to me to do those things. There's no way that somebody's going to want to listen to me when I tell them to do those things if I'm not doing them myself. So are you a product of what it is that you're preaching? Are you standing up on stage or getting in rooms like this and just regurgitating information that you heard? Like people want to see the proof. So those are probably the top three things I look for, Justin. Yeah, and that leads to what I was literally thinking was it's the curiosity piece, right? So gathering the information in the community and, and trying to recognize who's just speaking at you and who's really building in a public forum. But then implementation is the other piece, right? I think when I do get around a community of people and I, I see people that inspire me and they give me information, my number one goal is to implement so they see me on the back end. So going back to the beginning of the conversation where I said, how do you be a valuable community member? Like when Glenn's talking about launching the podcast and telling you that you know, the five-star comments and just the subscriptions well, is really, sorry. I think we got a hot mic. Oh, sorry, Megan. I got um, it. I got it. Yeah. I appreciate that. No, what I was saying was, you know, when Glenn puts it out there saying, listen, we're building this podcast, we're putting effort into this, like to no direct benefit of his own, right? This takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. I know what it looks like. How much effort does it take as a community member? to jump onto the podcasting platform, download it, and then leave a two second review. But how many people actually do it? I promise you he sees them all. I promise you he appreciates them all. Yet you wanna be part of the community, 
you can't do something that literally doesn't cost you a dime, right? He mentions that we're doing 15 hours of programming and you want to be a part of that. Be thoughtful about your interactions. And here's a way that I actually do it strategically, right? I have a time block in my calendar from 1230 to 1 p.m., Monday to Thursday. I don't believe in putting repeating tasks on Fridays because if you need a three-day weekend, blah, 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 that gets into another conversation. But 1230 to 1 o'clock, I have all of the groups that I partake in in a shortcut folder on my internet browser. From 1230 to 1 o'clock, I go into every single one of those groups and I look for opportunities, people that have problems, things that I can connect one person to another with. I'm not going in there to promote anything that I'm doing. I'm going in there to contribute to a community. I come in here. You'll notice this now because it's time block and 1230 to one o'clock. I'm probably going to pop into the room today and just listen and see, okay, like, what are they talking about? Who can I pay in? Who can I help grow? Now, I don't normally share that I do this, but I think it's very, very important for people to realize you have to activate community. Just like I said, everybody's looking for the easy button in business. You have to activate everything that you're doing. Otherwise, nobody's going to do it for you. And I think the one thing people struggle with, Amanda, is everybody's waiting for somebody to tell them it's their turn, yet nobody wants to just go ahead and take their turn. So what are you doing in your life right now to take your turn, Amanda? Ha! I'm giggling to myself because I'm like, when don't I take my turn? And quite honestly, I feel like I wasn't always that way there was some fear behind it. You know, like I said, I'm from a small town in Alabama. Like we don't air our dirty laundry. If it's not perfect, we don't talk about it. Vulnerability, failures, honey, someone would laugh you right out of the conversation because everything is fine and we're all just fine and everything's going to be fine and everyone's fine and everything's fine and everything's fine. And what I found out was, and this is probably about six and a half years ago, what I found out was, wow, what a travesty that I don't share how I failed forward to teach somebody else. I mean, because nobody's perfect, right? And when we get past that idea, we were talking about this this morning with Dr. Sean, when we get past the idea that everything has to be perfect and we get real with the fact that we just got, we got to take a step. And here's the deal. If we get really clear that we're going to fail forward, we're going to fail, we're going to fail often, we're going to fail forward, like just do it. And when I got behind that realization, I said, that's what I'm going to do. So at five o'clock in the morning, not even being in a room, not even being on Clubhouse for a month, when William Tong pulls me up in front of a room of 500 people and he asks me a question, I'm going to take my turn. And if I fumble, that's okay. And if I said something great that resonated with someone, wonderful, yet I'm just going to do it. And by just doing it, I mean, it does so many things for you, right? So first and foremost, it gets you like comfortable with doing that. You're also learning what are you really good at and what aren't you good at. You're also building that courage, right? You're shutting those limiting beliefs down. So take your turn. That's how I do it. I just take it. You have to take it, right? And there's a great book, actually, if anybody likes marketing, Seth Godin's, you know, what to do when it's your turn. And in quotes, it says, and it's always your turn. That gives a lot of perspective. I've read quotes from that book in this room, and it's it's a constant input, right? So I think as much as you're inputting from the community and you're taking notes, and I have notes for days from Breakfast with Champions, what is your output, right? And I love this conversation because what is your output from a community perspective? What is your output from a growth perspective? How are you taking a radical look at yourself after you've executed and saying, does this track to where I want to go, right? Sarah's not here, but I've been watching 
them and had their implementation from the live events to the 15 hours of programming and saying, you know what, we are going to show up. And they're not defined necessarily by the, the individual days and the ins and the outs and, and the different people that are there and the other people that aren't there and, you know, the speed bumps. But I can promise you if there's not speed bumps and potholes, and it's smooth sailing, it's not going to grow the way they want it to grow because they're not going to be able to adapt, right? Everything that happens in your life that gives you adversity and difficulty is what sharpens your sword, right? You, Glenn, the other day I said he was just chasing that, right? He said, no, he's looking to be uncomfortable because typically when you're comfortable, you're not necessarily growing. So seeking discomfort is front and center. Again, if you're looking for inspiration, something bad happens to you, go onto YouTube and type in Jocko Willink Good. This guy was a Navy SEAL commander, sat and he's a business coach now, but you know, really spoke about how when they were in Iraq and they were dealing with what they were dealing with and they didn't get the equip they, equipment they wanted, he would say, good, awesome. Way for us to now get better to use what we have. You know, didn't get the promotion you wanted, good. More time to work on my skill sets. I didn't necessarily get pulled up the stage or modded today. Good. I'm going to listen and I'm going to implement, right? It's all the perspective and how you look at it. So, you know, Amanda, to wrap up the session, how do you search for tension and what does that mean to you? How do I search for what? For tension and difficulty. Oh gosh. Do you have to search for it? I, and the only reason I asked that question is because I feel like when you get super laser focused on the direction that you're going in and what it is you're looking for, it's like, you don't quite honestly, like that stuff, noise, like the noise is kind of canceled out. So I think tension and I think uncertainty and I think all those things, they pop up all over the place and I have a decision to make, right? Fear or faith, shut the fear up, shut the fear up. And when I get super laser focused on the direction I'm going in and what it is I'm looking for, the tension and the, all the side noise and, you know, the fear and the doubt and the limiting belief, all those things, I think they just kind of fall by the wayside because I'm focused on that one thing. Will they come up? Sure. Will they happen? Absolutely. And yet I choose not to focus on those things because those things are the things that are paralyzing. Those things are the things that creep in and they affect or they infect the entire plan, right? They can literally bring all of the cards falling right down. So my thought process is what am I focused on? How do I just, and you and I talk about this all the time, that 1% better, that 1% better. So what's the mission? What's the vision? What's the, what's the goal? And today, what's the one thing I can do that's going to move me closer to that goal, right? What's the one thing I can do such that everything else becomes either easy or unnecessary. And I'm focused on that one thing. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.